Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought Podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, knowing thyself, and doubting every thought. If you've been looking for peace in life and want to be a part of the revival, you've come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and return to God. And we are live. Episode number 40 of the Doubt Every Thought Podcast. Thanks for joining me, guys. This one is called Out Righteousness and Sin. And this came to mind after listening to a few people talking on live streams. They were talking about sin this and sin that, and it felt very complex. And I then chatted with a few friends on what sin actually is, how they perceive it, and it got so confusing. So on this particular episode, we're going to talk about how the world perceives sin and then what the actual sin is in life and how it really isn't what we think it is. And of course, we're not just peddling the problem, we're peddling the solutions too. So we'll talk about how to actually overcome the sin and become perfect again and be a son or daughter of God. If that sounds good to you, you've come to the right spot. So let's sit back, relax, and of course, return to God. Okay, so part number one. Episode 40, Doubt Every Thought Podcast, Unrighteousness and Sin, or Unrighteous Sin. And I want to say before we start this, always a disclaimer, is that you should know for yourself in life. And what I mean by that is you shouldn't be following somebody just because they sound great, and you shouldn't believe something just because somebody told you. You really need to know things for yourself, because you'll understand in life that so many people, they actually don't know themselves. And because they don't know themselves, they get lost. You know, they start following other people and they trust other people's intuition versus their own. And I just want to make sure that's clear because many times in life, we'll follow religious leaders, we'll follow people instead of following the inner light that we have all within ourselves. And God is really within us. Really. It's within you, within me, inside of the person who actually doesn't believe in God because he believes in you. (laughs) And God is really the light. He's not this darkness. And as I say, Jesus doesn't peddle fear. So all that fear mongering that you may hear from people around you, it belongs to weak people who don't actually believe and have faith in God and faith in themselves. And usually, as we always say, those people are called beta males or even beta females, just beta people. So just watch out for that and know for thyself. And so just to get things started, it's always good to get a baseline on the idea of this concept of sin. You know, I'm bringing this up because so many people in the religious realm and even in the non-religious realm seem to have a perverted or perverse, really just a warped perception of what sin is. And because of that, it leads to a lot of despair, a lot of thinking, a lot of challenges in their lives. And I think it's helpful that if we establish a baseline of how the world sees the definition of sin, in particular the seven deadly sins, What we can then do is pivot from there and reveal to you that there's only one real core sin and all the other sins that the world is naming as a sin are just symptoms of it. And once you realize that, we can then go a step further and help you realize something amazing, as Jesse Lee Peterson would say. So just to get us started, we should really just look at the definition. How does the world see sin? When I say that word, what comes to mind for you? You know, when you think about sinning in your life, what does that actually mean? You know, for some people, if you're not religious, it doesn't really have a good context, right? You know, when I used to be an atheist and someone told me, oh, that person is sinning over there. 
it just seemed more like a moral code, like, oh, that person shouldn't be cheating on their girlfriend or shouldn't be lying or stealing, really just being a bad person. But it sounds very vague. And that's kind of what's, uh, what's interesting when you're not a religious person. You can live in this wishy-washy, vague world, a foggy world. And because of that, you can abscond yourself from personal responsibility. But the side effect, too, is you're walking in the dark and you're going to fall off a cliff into hell. <laughs> not judging you guys. I'm just kidding. And if you're a religious person, the definition of sin, let me see. It says it's an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. That sounds pretty general, right? What does that actually mean? Going back to knowing thyself. You have to know this for yourself. When I heard that first definition, I looked around and I was like, what the heck does that even mean? I'm sure you've had experiences like that too. Another interesting fact about how the world sees sin, if you look at the etymology or the history or the lineage of this word, it actually means to miss the mark. Kind of cool, right? It's like if you're doing archery and you're aiming at a target. You know, you, I mean, if you're, if you're actually going out there and doing archery and you miss, you can say that you just sinned. <laughs> you know, don't do that unless you want to be seen as a religious zealot. Just FYI, you know, and so when I look up these definitions of sin, all the etymology, how people perceive it, and how I even looked at it online, there seems to be all these different definitions, and it kind of breaks it into multiple categories, too. I saw that there was something called mortal sins, which is an act that you do with full knowledge and deliberate consent, like you had the intention. Then there's venial sins, where you don't fully know that you're doing it, but it's pretty close. But the definition of sin, I think that's common, is people talk about the seven deadly sins. And they're actually called the seven deadly sins, fun fact, because if you commit one of them, this is how the world sees it. If you commit one of them, you're inclined to commit the next one, and then the next one, and the next one, the next one. Kind of interesting, right? You've probably seen that in many people's lives too. And we'll go through this list really quickly, and we can talk about examples. But let's just go on the definition. Wikipedia, seven deadly sins. Here's what it says. The seven deadly sins, also known as the capital vices or cardinal sins, is a grouping and classification of vices within Christian teachings, although they're not mentioned in the Bible. You know, behaviors or habits are classified under this category if they give direct, direct, if they directly give rise to other immoralities. And according to the standard list, they are one, pride, Two, greed. Three, wrath. Envy, lust, gluttony. And you wrap it up with sloth, which are contrary to the seven heavenly virtues. These sins are often thought to be abuses or excessive versions of one's natural faculties or passions. So if you take a step back, guys, and you think about this definition, at the surface, it kind of makes sense. You know, you're taking something that is normal and you're perverting it in some way. You know, the definition for lust, it's like an intense logging, longing. It's this unbridled desire. And usually it's for flesh, for women, or for men. But it can also be for money or even power. Gluttony, they talk about overconsumption to the point of waste, where you're perverting the natural eating that you normally do. But it can also not just be for food. You're just going to be gluttonous in life. You have greed, which is wanting more than what you actually need. And thinking that you know what you need and thinking you need more and more and more. Usually it's for power, money, physical possessions. You have sloth, which is just being lazy. And don't get me wrong, even God took a day off. But we're talking about being slothenly day after day after day. Not taking personal responsibility for your life. 
I'm sure many people would be guilty of this one if these were the true sins. You have wrath, which is I see as anger and hatred, judging others and really acting out. I see a lot of people who are possessed by wrath these days. I'm sure you do too. They're not really there. There's envy where you want to have what somebody else has, whether it's food, a wife, a car, a house. There's a lot of things you can be envious for. And the last one to wrap it up is pride, where you really think that you're the one responsible for your life, that you created this epic realm, that it was your responsibility, and that's why you're so successful. And if you take a step back, man, seven deadly sins, it must be so hard if you really think these are sins. You know, how many people, if these were the sins, how many people do you think are sinning right now? Maybe even yourself. You're listening to this right now and you're committing a sin, supposedly. It's like you're walking on eggshells. And I've talked with a few other Christians about this, and they said that's what it feels like. They were raised with these seven deadly sins. They were raised to think that committing a single act can then make you a sinful person. It's like you're walking on a tightrope, and you're just, just on edge. And all of a sudden, you unknowingly sinned, as people say, and you fell off the tightrope, and now you're in hell. And that sounds really, really intense, doesn't it? And I think it is. And what I want to kind of reveal to you is that in this initial definition, you'll see that sin is all these physical realm things. And in part number two, we're going to talk about the actual sin, which is the core, the actual root of all those physical ailments that we commit in our lives. And once you understand that, we'll take it a step further and we'll actually go into some more detail on how it's not you who even committed the sin in the first place. So we'll be right back on the Doubt Every Thought podcast. Alrighty, fellow sinners, <laughs> Dad Every Thought Podcast, episode number 40, Unrighteous Sin. That first part is pretty intense, right? Just thinking about all the acts you can commit to then fall away from God. Sounds horrible. And yeah, it is. If you actually look at how many people are committing these quote-unquote sins, which they're not the real sins, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, you'll understand that most of the world is a sinful world. I mean, how many people are gluttonous right now? I've said this before on the podcast, the basic stats, 42% of people are obese. That's gluttony right there. How many people are taking drugs, having sex out of wedlock? How many of those are judging others and being angry, getting in fights? You got crime statistics and figure that out. And how many people are just having pride and are seeking money and wealth over the kingdom of God? I'd say it's just about everybody. And don't, don't worry too. When I was in that fallen state, I had to raise my hand. I definitely was there too. But here's an interesting little twist on this whole story. What if I told you that all the things that the world sees as a sin, these physical realm things, aren't actually sins at all? Surprise. And I've come to this from my own reflection, from reading the Bible, from talking with other people, from Jesse Lee Peterson, Roy Masters, from Jesus himself. He talked to me. (laughs) Maybe not that. But understand what I want to convey to you, and I want you to know for yourself and reflect on this, is that all those physical things is really just the symptom of the true sin inside of ourself. So if 
those things aren't sins, if all the physical realm acts aren't sins, what are they? And I'll tell you what they are. They are unrighteousness, hence the name of the podcast. They're unrighteous acts. You know, they're things that you shouldn't be doing in life. You know, should, 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 but don't judge yourself. They are the result of the core issue. Kind of like imagine if you had a, um, like a core infection and you had a rash on your arm and everyone was saying that the rash is the core thing. That's the main issue. But a good doctor, not a witch doctor, but a good doctor would actually know that the root cause is something inside of you or it's your environment that's around you. And they would address that and help you understand that that is the reason why you had that particular skin rash. And so in this type of analogy, where I'm getting at there is that if you're seeing all this unrighteousness, which is what the world calls sin, it's actually the result of something that happened before. And there's a core cardinal sin. And we talk about it all the time on this podcast. You know, you might be able to get a little hint here. It's the name of the podcast, Doubt Every Thought. But the actual core sin is to believe that you are God. Now, what does that actually mean? You know, when someone says, oh, you're acting like you think you're God, that doesn't really help you out, right? I actually had somebody come to me and tell me that. And initially, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But what I actually mean by saying that you're acting like you're God is we're going back to the root of everything, right? The original sin. What is that original sin? Well, Adam and Eve were sitting down, relaxing by the fire. Eve had a nice little apple there. She tempted Adam with the apple. He took a bite and darn it. He had the knowledge of good and evil inside of him. He thought he knew what was good and what was bad. And that is the only sin in this world. If the sin is thinking that you know what is right and what is wrong, you think that you can create your own morality and you think because of that, it leads you to judgment. So do you kind of see how that works, guys? The initial sin is believing that you're God so that you know what is right and wrong. And this happens because something shows up and tempts you. You know, For Adam, it was the apple from Eve. But really, if you look at who tempted Eve, it was the serpent, I think. And if you go all the way back, it was just Satan tempting. That's all he does. So the original sin that was committed was committed by Adam. And in the same likeness, what's happening is that things will happen in your world and you will judge them as right and wrong. But that judgment isn't really you judging it. All that is happening is that a temptation was given to you and you accepted it. And what is that temptation? Hint, name of the podcast. It was a thought. Thoughts are not you. Really reflect on this. The thoughts that are inside your head, above your shoulders, ones that you're listening to right now, whether you're cooking, cleaning, listening to the podcast, judging me as being unrighteous or righteous, those thoughts are not your own. Really reflect on this. It is not you. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we go back in the podcast, we talk about how I think uh, people have between 6,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day, some basic science stats. They say that about 80% of them are negative ones, and about 95 or 90% of them, they repeat from day over day. So do you think that you are your thoughts? If all those things are true, really reflect on that. And if you think you control your thoughts, why would you think 80% of negative thoughts every single day? What I'm getting at here is that thoughts are not your own and that the sins of the world, which is just unrighteousness, stem from believing your thoughts and your thoughts are actually temptations coming from Satan, right? He's coming to you and he offers you a thought. 
you know, for example, let's say I see a beautiful girl. He'll say, oh, look at that girl. You should go date her. And in those thoughts and temptations, I'll be like, yeah, I should. I'm an amazing person. And then I begin to act like it. Then I have pride. And then when I can't get her for some reason, let's just say she's married, then I have envy, right? It's the action of believing my thoughts saying, oh, that guy is so lucky. I wanted that person. It's pretty fascinating, right? It all stems from believing those temptations, believing those thoughts. And so the only sin in your life is believing that you're God. And once you realize that you're not, everything else will fall from that. You'll realize that you really don't know what right and wrong is. You'll realize you can't judge others. And you also realize you can't judge yourself. This isn't just an external thing where you look at people and judge them. You know, that's where depression and anxiety come from because you're judging yourself as being unworthy to live in this body. Isn't that amazing? And I get that saying from Jesse Lee Peterson, JLP. Go check him out. He's a wonderful guy. And that's why I really wanted to hit at here is that the external world and the world around us, this fallen realm, will try to pull you into these complex definitions of what sin is. And then you'll be stuck in your head just watching with your eyes open and you'll be unknowingly sinning and then you're going to fall from heaven into hell out of grace. And then because of that, you will project, I guess, all of your insecurities onto someone you have to follow. Instead of realizing that the only sin is thinking that you're God. It's that simple. Judging others, judging yourself, and believing the thoughts and temptations that are in your head. Pretty amazing, right? And you get away from it, you'll understand this by doing those three simple steps, right? You go and forgive because you're not God. You can't judge others. And then God forgives you. And really in forgiveness, it's just realizing you're not God. And then step two is knowing thyself, right? But you sit there quietly and you observe the not you, the temptations inside of you to get farther and farther away from you. And of course, the third step throughout the day, just doubt every thought because they're lying to you. As Joel would say, they're lying. <laughs> but here's a fascinating thing that I'm going to talk about in part number three. So far, we revealed that part one, sins are out there. The world tries to define it that way. What we just talked about here is that the only sin is one sin. It's judgment, thinking that you're God, thinking you know what right and wrong is, going back to Adam and Eve. But in part three, let me tempt you with something here. What if I were to tell you that you have never sinned in the first place? Fascinating. We'll talk about that more in part number three. So we'll be right back on the Doubt Every Thought podcast. love that transition music guys doubt every thought episode number 40 believe it's unrighteousness and sin thanks for listening so far you can go to die do those three simple steps guys and you can be a son or daughter of god <laughs> i always like to take a step back and kind of help people realize how simple life is and how amazing it is you know and i think this idea of sin in our lives has really misled us 
You know, there's this concept of being born into sin that people talk about. And if you're not religious, it's very uh, convenient, isn't it? That somehow everybody's born into sin, and yet we have the solution in a book called the Bible. And you have to show up on Sundays and make sure you give 10% of your money and, you know, give all your spiritual trust to somebody who wears a black robe. Pretty unconventional. <laughs> you know, if you see someone walking around on the street in a black robe normally, you generally stay away from those people. I know I would. And if you wouldn't, well, I guess we're not going to be friends then. <laughs> okay, in part number two, I made a pretty interesting claim at the end of part number two. I said that it wasn't you committing the sin in the first place. And that sounds pretty amazing, right? It sounds too good to be true. And as Billy Mays would say, but wait, there's more. But let's just kind of do a quick review. So far, the definition of how the world sees sin is this physical realm thing. It's the acts that you're doing. It's sleeping around, sleeping outside of wedlock, cheating, stealing, lying. But we kind of revealed in part two that all those things that are in the physical realm are really the unrighteous acts. And the analogy I like to give is the unrighteous act is like having the rash. When in reality, you have an infection inside of you that is the core, the root. And we reveal that the only root sin that you have is believing that you're God, believing you know what right and wrong is. Now, to kind of build off of that, it's interesting how the only sin is thinking that you have the knowledge of good and evil. And you may find it kind of interesting how that knowledge is very similar to the original sin. Now, for some reference for people who don't know, you have Adam and Eve. They're hanging out in Eden. You had Eve, who was tempted by the serpent, gave him an apple, and then she gave it to uh, Adam. Adam, of course, instead of saying, put that apple down, he said, oh, you know, okay, I'll, I'll take the knowledge of good and evil. And he took a bite. And so that is the only sin. Now, what I'm saying here is that the only person who committed that sin was Adam. Pretty mind-blowing, right? But how does this kind of connect to you? Reflect on this. If you have this one cardinal sin, which is believing in the knowledge of good and evil, were you the one who took the bite of the apple that passed that sin to you? Well, of course not. The person who committed that sin was Adam. And since of Adam's time, however long ago that was, that original sin has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And then you inherit it. It's the idea of being born into sin. Now, I think there's kind of two ways to interpret this, right? If you're born into sin, some people say is right when you're born is when you inherit that sin from your mother and she inherited it from her mother's mother, from her mother's mother, mother, goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, right? So it's not even your mom's fault or your grandma's fault. The other way that people interpret it too is that you're born and then through the trauma of being in a sinful world, that's when the sin is imprinted onto you and then you disappear through that trauma and then it's onto you. But in both of these examples, I want to give some insight here. A little thought experiment. If you're born into sin, were you perfect before you were born? You know, don't try to repeat what other people have told you. Don't repeat what the mullah or the Jesus freak or the Bible thumper or the Christianity person or, sorry, what do they call it? Churchianity person told you. Know for yourself, if you're born into sin, were you perfect before you were born? And my perspective is yes. So the idea here is that 
you yourself, the person listening to this podcast right now, is perfect. But how does that make sense? How is that even possible? Well, I'll just tell you, it just has to do with a perception of how you're viewing yourself. So imagine, right, because you're being born into sin. So there's the perfect you, and then you're born, and whether it's through the actual birthing process, when your soul is given to you, or maybe before you were born, right when you're born, either you get that sin, or maybe it's the actions that happen around you. And we say that because if you don't have perfect parents, then of course, the sin is imprinted onto you. So either way, you're perfect, and suddenly something is grafted onto you. I think uh, Richard had a great point about this. The sin is grafted onto you. It's all around you. And then over time, it gets more and more embedded inside of you. You begin to think that it is you. And it's because you're believing your thoughts. You're disappearing into the future by projecting yourself into the future by having, I don't know, righteousness, thinking that you're right and wrong, looking into the past and being prideful about actions, going back to those seven deadly sins. It's all about believing that temptation. The only temptation is thinking that you know what's right and you know what's wrong. Very interesting, isn't it? This sin that's inside of you has been grafted onto you, and you're actually perfect. And most of your life, you think that you are the sin inside of you. Kind of this this little thought loop, right? You're thinking that you are the sin, which is the thinking. And once you see this, once you understand this and know it for yourself, you're going to realize just how there's so much hocus pocus into how you really can't be perfect in this realm, that you're the one who's doing the sins, that you need to walk on eggshells. You just need to take a step back and realize you can be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. I think that's a quote, right? You know, be perfect as your father in heaven is imperfect. I find that absolutely amazing. And I want you to see that too, know for yourself. And if you can actually see it, if you actually want to have that consistency in your life, you don't want to be confused like Paul or Saul, you know, think of it this way, Paul and Saul, whoever the guy was, he was saying how he's doing the things that he doesn't want to do and he can't do the things that he wants to do. Doesn't that sound kind of crazy? sounds like he's having an argument in his head. It's because he is. Think about your own life too when, you know, you want to eat healthy, but you just can't. Or you want to work out, but you just can't. You don't know why and you're doing the unrighteous things and you can't stop yourself. And when you try to stop yourself, it gets worse and worse. And then you think it gets better. You take medication, you just go off the rails. It sounds amazing, right? Just how confusing life can be. But take a step back. Realize that all the unrighteousness that's happening that you're doing isn't really you doing it. It's the spirit inside of you that's doing it for you on your behalf. And you've allowed it to do it. You've acknowledged it. You've agreed to it. You've agreed to the temptation and you've let Satan inside of you. That's why we say so many people are possessed because they believe there are their thoughts and including yourself. And so it's really your choice. The only choice you have, the only free will that you have is to either believe in Satan, which is believing in your thoughts. That's why the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was believing he doesn't exist by convincing us that we all have each unique individual thoughts. We are our thoughts. You know, I think, therefore I am. That's the only thing. If you follow Satan, that's how you follow him. You believe the temptations and it leads you to hell. But the other way you can approach this, if you really see that and you don't want to follow that path and you're yearning for the Father, all you have to do is realize you're wrong. And it goes back to those three steps we talk about on this podcast all the time. So you realize that you're wrong. You realize you're wrong to judge others. And you realize you're wrong to judge yourself. It's not just judging others, but also judging yourself. Don't get depressed or anxious. 
The answer is very simple. You go and forgive the root and then everything else will be taken care of. You don't need to go and forgive everybody you've ever wronged in your life, right? That's looking at the branches. That's looking at the leaves on the tree, the sinful tree. <laughs> All you're going to be doing is going to the root of the original thing that you did, which was to resent your mother and father, and then you judge yourself as being right and wrong, right? You go and forgive them for making you resent them as a child. And we talk about that on the podcast a lot. You can go to diarythought.com. That's how you actually go and forgive. It's very, very simple. You're not asking them for forgiveness. You're saying, I forgive you for making me resent you as a child. Because I realized, as Jesus said, they know not what they do, Father. You know, it wasn't your mother's fault. It wasn't your father's fault. They had the spirit of Satan inside of them. And where did that come from? Well, it came from their parents. And where did that come from? It came from their parents. And as you can tell, if you keep going all the way back, the only sin goes all the way back to that darn apple with Adam. Why do you have to take a bite? <laughs> so that's the first step. You go and forgive them and realize you're wrong to judge them, right? And then what happens there is then God forgives you. He creates a schism inside of you, right? That thing that grafted onto you, the perfect you and the not you, he creates a schism, which is a separation. And then step number two, you know thyself by doing that silent prayer to actually get to know the real you and the not you. It creates that distance between the two pieces. Just imagine there's you and you're getting further and further away from Satan tempting you. He won't like it. So if your thoughts are going crazy right now, doubt every thought. And of course, the third step is to doubt every thought because they're lying to you. You know, many times you'll actually have arguments in your head. How many times have you had that? How many times have you had discussions in your head and you think that it's you having that discussion? Realize you're actually just acknowledging and watching Satan. Isn't that amazing? So just take a step back, guys. I want you to relax. Understand that up to this point in our lives, if you look at how the world defines sin, they lie and they're not telling you the truth. Part number two, we talked about the actual root, the root sin of what it actually is. And everything else is just unrighteousness and it's just judgment. Thinking that you're right and wrong, thinking that you're right to be angry, all that jazz. And part number three, we realize the only person who committed the sin in this realm was Adam. And so, I want to thank you for listening so far. Understand that, guys. You're perfect. Be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. And I'll see you in the next episode of Dad Every Thought. And take care. <laughs>